0: The Go Blue Crew. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Go Blue Crew. This is episode 124. It's our most exciting one in a while because we finally have a football schedule. After all these months in the dark, wondering if there will even be a season, um, I mean, of course, we're still wondering if there will be a season, but at least we know. What it will look like if if we come to that in, uh, well, about a month from now is when things are, are scheduled to kick off. So, uh, I, I guess people, I'm assuming people have seen the schedule at this point. I mean, if you haven't, I think you're avoiding it. Uh, conference only, 10 games. Uh, Michigan, you know, of course, had to add a game because there were only nine conference games uh, originally. And I I believe that's Northwestern. I should have looked this up beforehand. Am I right, Derek? Is that Northwestern? Yep. Okay. Last game of the season, uh, which kind of leads me into my first point, which, I mean, it's the most obvious thing you see when you look at the schedule. Uh, Ohio State, October 24th, is going to be very weird playing in the middle of the season, I'm sure. What was your thought when you saw that?
1: Yeah, so we were prepped a little bit with this. Uh, we even did a show when they were first announcing the potential ten game schedule, and one of the things was, could we see Michigan Ohio State earlier in the season, trying to get some of those, you know, specific league side games um, done with, just you know, for stand Big Ten standings and such. So, not surprising that it happened, but to see it is really weird. This feels to me like. I don't know, maybe you're looking at January and February of a basketball schedule, uh, where you you wouldn't be surprised to see an Ohio State in the middle of a schedule, but yeah, I mean, the game has always been that last weekend, usually Thanksgiving weekend, uh, and to have it October 24th, 24th, sorry, excuse me, um, is... It's odd. It's it's not as early as I, I thought it might. I remember seeing something about September, maybe late September. So end of October isn't you know horrible. I think I think I like where it's at. If it's going to be changed, uh, you still have quite a few uh, games obviously in front of it, uh, and you have some games like uh, Michigan State, Penn State, um, and then yeah, you have Ohio State right there, October twenty fourth, and the season's not over uh, for once. You have to you know, you host Wisconsin, host Maryland, and then, like you mentioned, the additional game away at Northwestern, and it's like, for me, it's like, I mean, Northwestern could have a team, there might not even be football, who knows what the season looks like, but to end your season away at Northwestern, instead of against Ohio State, or what would have been away at Ohio State, is super weird to me, and not saying that's like, going to be anticlimactic, because every game is important, if there's going to be games at all, but, yeah, the see Northwestern at the end of the schedule, very weird.
0: Well, the, the good thing here, if you want to look at a silver lining, is that for the first time since 2011, Michigan has a good chance of winning its final game in the regular season. This is true. So that's something to consider, I guess. I The only thing that would have been like too weird for me with Ohio State is if it was the first game of the season. That would have been too weird. Other than that, we knew it was going to probably be different And October 24th is no different to me than like September 26th. You know, I I suppose Michigan in in late October might be a more complete team than in September. But at a certain point, it just kind of doesn't matter because everything's getting shuffled around Uh, for the people who are like, why would you not schedule Ohio State as early as possible? You know, because there was that talk of getting the important games out of the way um, they didn't end up front loading with division opponents which was something that was being tossed around but uh what 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 the Big 10 did and and I read about this on on the athletic um, there was a good breakdown but the Big 10 basically built in a, a a bunch of opportunities to make things up later and that take i mean that's a, a legit science and scheduling you know optimizing everything so that uh, push comes to shove you can you can still have a good amount of flexibility there's a universal bye week november 28th that's uh the week before was supposed to be the conference championship game so it, if if things do fall apart but there's still a season that gives more flexibility to 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 play as many games as possible at least so uh i i I'm I'm pretty much indifferent about it. I, it it'll be weird, but at this point, I think uh, you you can't you can't slap me in the face harder than you've already slapped me in the face with with college football and the Big Ten. So I guess I'm I'm here for it. I'm ready. It'll be nice to to end the season with a chance at a, a, a win. Like I said, that'll be different. A good feeling, hopefully
1: and all these environments, too, are going to be different. That is, again, if the season does play on with lack of fans or limited fans, I don't know if there's some still things up in the air about that. But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's 10 football games. 10 football games is better than no football games. And I guess without the atmospheres being the same, whether you're at home or on the road, you really don't care what the order is. And, like you mentioned, chance to win that last game of the season for the first time in years A chance to be, you know, more prepared, I guess, seven games in for Ohio State um, than maybe letting it hang over your head all season, knowing that that's the final game. So things could look different. Um, Overall, though, it's, I mean, it's weird, but I'm just happy to see a schedule because I think without a schedule up to this point, especially, you know, when the season always starts early September, sometimes even late August, it just felt just more and more um realistic that things weren't going to happen and again we don't know what will happen for the season but to see that and actually at the, as of recording this we're less than a month away from michigan football that's pretty crazy and, and to there's a whole different conversation of whether or not they can pull that off or what training camp will look like and is there enough time to prep for a full season injury wise let alone all the coronavirus stuff um Pretty crazy to think that September 5th, uh, there's a home game against Purdue. uh, And that will be the start of the, the Big Ten football season, which is only going to be for the Big Ten, a Big Ten football season.
0: Something I've been really struggling with, not just with football, but with like any sport that's coming back, is how happy I should be. Because we have to answer the question, not just can they do it, but should they? And that's a really difficult question. There's a lot of gray area in there. Um, I don't know if you saw the. It's not a union, but more like a collective of college athletes. uh, Shortly after the Big Ten laid out its schedule and health protocols, basically said, uh, "Thanks, but this isn't good enough for us." And so I just sit here and and wonder, you know, like like how happy should I be? If, you know, can, can I say like, this is what should happen. And I, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I am excited to have a schedule and I am excited for the prospect of, of college football, but it's something I do battle with internally, just with any sport coming back. It's just like, should this be happening? I don't know. Do you, do you deal with that or am I crazy?
1: Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I think you're talking about the big 10 United article. Yeah. Um, I read through most of that and not surprised to, to see something like that. I think a, a lot of it kind of first thought is just kind of the player assurances and uh, what's going to happen, um, you know, with people's seasons. If they choose to opt out, you see a lot of people in the NFL choosing to opt out right now, um, what the testing procedure is going to be. How do they know that they're getting uh, the best of the best? You hear a story like uh, Matt Stafford's story of, um, having that false positive test after, and then I've having five negatives and just kind of the perception that him and his family dealt with of assuming he was positive. Uh, when really that wasn't the case. And there's just right. a lot of, you know, prevention, safety, different guidelines, rules, protocols, procedures. Um, like I said, the player assurances, I just think that there's so much that goes into this. And I think overall, it's great to see a schedule. Um, Where I'm at is I'd be happy to see football, but I I don't know that even with what the Big Ten's trying to do or even some of these adjustments that players are asking for, um, I don't know if it's the smartest thing to do, but what I do know is obviously coaches and players, the majority of them at least, want to play football, and I don't blame them. We all want to see football. Um, It's nice to have the NBA back in a bubble. It seems to be going pretty well, at least now. Major League Baseballs had lots of trouble, but still have put out some pretty good games. Um, I mean, there's different ways to go about it, but I think college football and getting into the amateurism and lack of being paid, I think that college sports are the most difficult. And so it's hard to see it necessarily being the right thing to do for me. But I mean, there's going to be a lot of happy people if they do pull it off. And and I'm going to be one of those people enjoying watching football again on Saturdays because For me, that's honestly one of the things that I feel like could really help 2020 is if we can at least end with football. Like part of me is like, wow, that'd be a great year overall. (laughs) And realistically, it's obviously not. It's been a horrible year for many reasons. But yeah, I'm torn. Um, Don't think it's the safest thing, but also not going to complain if that happens.
0: Yeah, if there was like one thing that could salvage 2020, it would be a successful college football season. The other thing to note on Michigan's schedule, I think, other than Ohio State, is a, a, a home game against Michigan State. And so the Big Ten is kind of correcting this flaw that, that popped up some years ago where Michigan was playing uh, Michigan State and Ohio State either at home or on the road uh, every, se- I mean, you know, every other season. And, and it, it, of course, it, before it used to alternate, and so now we're back to that. So Michigan will get Michigan State at home for a second straight year in order to balance things though uh Michigan would have normally played Indiana at home but now for a second straight year they'll go back to Indiana again like you mentioned it's not like the home and the home atmosphere is is really critical this year i don't know if maybe the big ten is considering like pumping in crowd noise like you're seeing in in baseball i kind of hope not but that i think that's a good thing to come out of this is that uh, we'll get that corrected on the schedule, and it's really low cost, low stakes. You know, the, the, the Michigan State, uh, I'm sure, is a little upset about this, but obviously, you'd rather do that without fans than you know, doing it in a, in a normal season where you would definitely feel like you were getting the short end of the stick,
1: yeah. And and again, it's uh you do have to travel, and it might feel to some people and I've seen mostly fans talk about this, having the kind of the short end of the bargain, but yeah, you you want this to happen in a year where there's no fans because if it's a normal 2020 and you have to go play at Michigan two years in a row, a team that's probably going to beat you. Um, I think that does seem like the short end of the stick, but in a season where there's no fans, it's like, okay, no big deal. Uh, we'll plan on hosting in 2021 instead when hopefully college football and all sports and all life is somewhat back to normal. So, yeah, I mean it's it's an adjustment, um, and you get to host Michigan State two years in a row. But yeah, unless Michigan's in-game audio and, and kind of presentation without fans is that much better than, than Michigan State's, I mean, sure the players will be playing like forty-five miles closer to home. Yeah. <laughs> but overall, I I don't see it being a big deal. Where I where I would see it being a big deal if if you were talking about a flip. Um, much further away, um, even Indiana, like I guess that's a little bit bigger of a deal because of the distance. But if you're talking cross country games, um, then I would say, like, say Michigan Washington were, were was still a thing, but Washington would now have to travel to Michigan. That seems like a big deal to me. Um, but yeah, just just going um, down the road instead of Michigan going up the road to East Lansing this year it seems like no big deal at all. There are two pockets
0: of tough games that i can identify here september 12th and september 19th travel to minnesota and then host penn state those are going to be two tough games as of now you know maybe we'll watch week one and have a totally different opinion but as of now like michigan could definitely lose both of those games and then later in the season you go to ohio state and then host wisconsin those are two really tough games And before Ohio State, there's that very, very typical trap game against Indiana. Uh, I mean, last season was a big sigh of relief because the Hoosiers did not play a really close, tight game late like they normally do. But you can just kind of count on that anyway from the Hoosiers. Other than that, the schedule looks pretty doable. We're talking about the Big Ten here, especially when you play, you know, Purdue, you got Rutgers. Uh, there's Maryland, Northwestern. I guess is uh, 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 not in that total bottom tier, but you know, it shouldn't be too threatening. It's just those two pockets of games that I'm like, I'm thinking Michigan could definitely lose two in a row, possibly three in a row, uh, but at least two in a two in a row twice this season. That would be a huge disappointment when you're talking about only ten games.
1: Yeah, I think the the schedule, because of those couple of weeks back to back, is very interesting to me, because usually you look at Michigan-Penn State and say, hey, you know what, Michigan's had Penn State's number at home, um, and it's been exactly the opposite on the road. This is one of those situations where Penn State being home was going to happen regardless, but you don't really have the same home field advantage against a talented Penn State team. And then next year, you do have to go travel where they're likely going to have their 110,000 fans white out themselves. So I think that that's an interesting environment. Um, and it's early in the season uh, to play a team as talented as that. And then you look a week earlier, again, no, nothing huge about traveling, I think, with the with the new schedule, especially, again, lack of fans. That is a brand-new stadium, so maybe Minnesota can do some cooler things Uh, in terms of technology and in-game noise and such, but um, again, a talented team, so you have both of those games, and then the other two you mentioned, yeah, I mean, I I could easily see four losses out of the 10-game schedule if they're not prepared to play, and I think that this is why I do like seeing Ohio State later in the season, rather than that 19th or that September 26th, because you can kind of get a feel for how the season's going to go, whether it's safety or injury-related or how prepared players are probably by the fourth or fifth game of this new schedule. And if Michigan's just not showing up on September 12th or September 19th, and you don't, one, you probably don't expect much for the rest of the season. Uh, But, two, you can probably guess that they're likely to drop at Ohio State and Wisconsin, four teams that could easily be um, the best in the Big Ten and, and easily be better than Michigan. Um, now, again, Michigan has a chance to be a good team this year, but there's still a lot of unknowns. There's a quarterback battle that's going to have very little time to play out. Um, there might not be as many solid pieces as there are in some of these other squads. So, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a scary back-to-back twice during the season, and we were likely going to to see that in any Big Ten season, but this one in particular seems tough, just having your second and third game against what are considered top tier opponents right now in the Big Ten?
0: I think one thing Michigan definitely has going for it, though, is the the, the consistency and the coaching staff. Uh, that's a rarity under Jim Harbaugh, but coming into this season, I mean, that offensive staff is staying together, which is a big thing. and And that'll be that'll be so important because you're talking about replacing a quarterback, a two year starter. You're talking about replacing some really good offensive linemen uh, uh, there, there are teams in, in much worse situations than Michigan right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge, huge benefit when you're talking about all the challenges that are going to come with a short prep time and, and everything like that. So I think that'll, that'll definitely play to their advantage. Uh, we've been, we've been talking about not having fans. As far as I know, though, the, the big 10 It's not like formally ruled out fans,
1: have they? Have I missed it? I don't believe so. I think there's just enough people that assume that
0: right
1: be the maybe the wrong thing to do is to have fans. So I just assume everything will look similar to what Major League Baseball is doing. Um, You know, bigger venues that seat. Some of them seat forty thousand fans. Obviously, these are even bigger venues, so you could spread out fans more so. But yeah, I wouldn't. I'm not counting on fans as of now. Um, but I mean, if there are going to be some, then I guess it's up to each uh each facility to to put together the their plan of action.
0: It'd probably be only season ticket holders too. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Michigan said that. Like, if yep. there are going to be fans. Uh, season ticket holders will get priority and I'm sure that'll be the case if if fans are allowed Mm -hmm. but here in our last minute or so if there was a scenario where you could get a ticket to a Michigan football game would you go and and we're talking pandemic wise we look exactly as we look today
1: so this is how it
0: looks would you go
1: probably not I mean it'd be It'd be one of those things where you'd feel like part of, I guess, an exclusive group if you had access to go. Part of
0: history. Um,
1: Yeah, it'd be, it would be something to write home about, quite literally. But (laughs) yeah, I would probably say, (laughs) yeah, true. I'd probably say no, because just, you know, wanting to keep it extra safe uh, personally, but it would be, pretty cool. And if they could assure, or I could have examples of, Hey, this is what we did uh, the home game before the one that you're going to. Um, and I could really kind of look into to that and see that, you know, things do seem safe and I'm far away. Then yeah, maybe I would, but yeah, overall, no, unless they could prove that it was going to be the safest, most fun time of my life.
0: Yeah. I could not be a trailblazer and do it at that first home game, but if, if there were a couple they could point to, like this went very smoothly. Years, what we did to keep everybody safe and stuff like that, I'd have to consider it. I'd have to give it a good long thought because, yeah, that would be, if nothing else, it'd be a, a, a cool experience to, to have in your memory bank and to to tell for years to come how, you know, there were, I don't know, a thousand people at Michigan football stadium or Michigan stadium. <laughs> you, you were one of them there in the middle of a pandemic. But uh, it, anyway. We we don't need to dwell on hypotheticals. Was is there anything else about the schedule you gotta get off your heart?
1: You know, I'm gonna ask a completely random schedule and or a question and it has maybe something to do with the schedule because you look at the schedule every year. But will Michigan in twenty twenty one, assuming that everything is normal, will they continue to say they've had the longest streak of a hundred plus fans, or will they officially have to break the streak basically is the asterisk big enough to be able to continue saying the streak is alive.
0: I think it's definitely big enough because this this is so far outside of anybody's control that uh, yeah, I think you're fine. I don't think anybody would really question it, even if even if you know fans were allowed and you could pack in a couple thousand people or whatever. N- nobody's expecting. You know, a hundred thousand people. Obviously, that's sure. been off the table for a long time. I, yeah, I would. I don't think anybody would have a problem with next season being like, you know, the streak continues. Not an issue in my mind.
1: So the games count these five home games, but in your mind, and I say I'll agree with you, they do not count for the attendance record. So I'm just no, want to make that not. clear. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely not. That was a good question because I think that if it comes into play, I'll. I'll have my answer ready. Does not matter. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Ty underscore Fenwick. And if you want to follow Derek, he's at Divine Identity. Michigan football is supposed to kick off in less than a month, almost a month exactly. So something to look forward to finally. Take care and go blue. Go blue.